Thank you. Well, we have been working together for so many years. Uh, uh, started church in Portland, Oregon, and then uh, went to Europe. That's over 25 years. Just we actually, we are together all day long, and that's wonderful. I just heard uh, the other day that people were uh, getting divorced because of all what's going on in yeah. uh, in this this hard times, and. Uh, because they have to live together and they have to spend 24 hours together. And I, we were laughing about it. It's like, oh, praise God, I prayed for that so we can have working together for all these years. And this is just wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I so appreciate my husband. Thank you. Um, tonight, I just want to share on a few things um, in the presence of the king. What does it really mean to be in the presence of the king? Let's just pray, and then we're going to start uh, the teaching. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we're so thankful that you are with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Father, you promise that you are a good God, and you take good care of us. And so, Lord, we ask you tonight that you open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, Open our ears that we may hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And we give you all the glory ahead of time. Father, as you work in us, that the kingdom will be better, the kingdom of God will be grown, and the kingdom of God will be uh, uh, enriched because we hear what you're saying to us through your word, and we become a doer and not just hearer only. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, let's turn to a book of Esther. And it's, um, one of my favorite scripture in book of Esther. Um, it's a prophetic book. And, uh, uh, when we were in Mongolia, the Lord allowed us to, uh, find a little orphan girl. And, uh, as soon as we find her, the Lord said, call her Esther for such a time as this. And uh, the Esther, I don't know if anybody knows what it means. Do you know anybody knows what the uh, word uh, Esther means? It is a Persian name, and uh, it means star. So Esther means star. But in the book of Esther, the actual person, Esther's name was at first, the real name was Hadassah. And Hadassah means in Hebrew, it's uh, myrrh, myrtle, or evergreen. So um, if you hope you find Esther, book of Esther. And so we're just going to look into that, uh, the scripture. And um, the story goes that uh, in Susa was the town. And um, the king Ahasuerus, he uh, had a banquet. And he called his princes, his nobles, his attendants, and his army officers and to just to invite him for the banquet. And uh, the later on, we read in the verse 4, it says, He displayed the riches of his royal glory and splendor of his great majesty. So he showed up his beauty, what God had blessed him with. And uh, in verse 7 that I would like to um, read here, 
when they had the party there, it says the drinks were served, and I'm reading from my New American Standard Bible. Drinks were served in golden vessels of various kind, and the royal wine was plentiful according to the king's bounty. So let's look at this. The drinks were served in golden vessels, which is valuable. And they were all various kind. And it says it was plentiful, whatever God was serving there. And when I look at in my everyday life today, how do I really apply this book of Esther, this prophetic book, in my life today? Because otherwise it's just a story. But if I can't use that in my life today, then, you know, what does that really mean? And I started to think about it, that God is such a good God. Look what in the Old Testament, what he had done, that he blessed this place, this party, with a beautiful golden vessels. Now, we know that you and I, we are vessels in the hand of God. And... Um, and we know we are, everybody's different. When we look around, we just see that everybody's different. And, um, God made us so unique and so beautiful. I remember when we were in Budapest, Hungary, and, um, in the Bible school, first time I was teaching on Psalms 139. In Psalms 139, in, um, the 13th verse, it says, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knoweth very well. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. I remember when this happened, I was teaching this, and I was reading that, and one of the young lady who became our secretary at the Bible school just broke down and totally just cried and cried because she never realized, though she was a Christian, but never realized that how much God loved her and cared for her that in the mother's womb, we were already created for beauty. You know, the other scripture where it says, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans that I have for you. And that's a good plan. It's not for calamity. It's not for evil, not for disaster. But it's going to give us a hope and a future. So when I read this, that even at the party, it was various kind but golden vessels. And God um, sees us as vessels. But look at verse 8. It says, and the drinking was done according to the law that there was no compulsion, for so the king had given orders to each official at his household that he should do according to the desire of each person. As I mentioned earlier that I like to bring the book into my daily life today, I see that in God's kingdom there is order. We must have order in God's kingdom and here it says, all the drinking were done with no forcing. Nobody was forced. And I started to think on that, that how many times we would like people to get saved. And we want them to tell so much the good news of Jesus Christ. But I can't force the people to receive Jesus. You can't force them. 
And even at this banquet, it says, he should do according to the desire of each person. So the question is really, what do we really desire in our life? Do we desire to see the revival as God talked about, that these last days really the glory of God, he wants to pour out the glory so much. And he wants manifest himself so much. And God uh, wants his presence to be carried in us. So everywhere we go, the presence of God would be seen. And so are we really thirsty for more of the spirit of God or we just talk about it? Or are we really thirsty for the move of God, for the glory of God, the presence of God? I believe for order to that happen, we must just not, not enough just believe it, but we must desire the glory of God. We must desire the presence of God and we need to talk about it. You know, faith, uh, how do we get faith? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And whatever we talk about is what's going to hear. We're going to hear it and it's going to grow in us. So, I remember when God asked me that question, do you really have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying? Because when you turn the TV on, you turn uh, Christian movies on or whatever, people talk about the revival is here. We want to be ready for the revival. But it says here in this this scripture that we were all different. These people were all, I mean, the, the vessels were all different. And nobody made, forced them to drink it. And, but everything happened according to the desire of each person. So it's really a personal God to me. That's what I'm hearing. God is saying, what do you really desire yourself? What do you want God to do for you? Um, when I read this in, in the verse, in back in uh, Esther 1, 10, uh, it says uh, that the king commanded the bring, to bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and princess, for she was beautiful. That's why I read the scripture that God created us in a mother's womb, because I believe each one of us made in the image of God. Verse 11. Yeah, verse 10, 11. Okay. And... Uh, God created us with absolute beauty. We may not see ourselves perfectly beautiful, but God says that I put gifts in you. Before even the foundation of the earth, he knew how, why you were here and why am I going to be here. He put certain gifts inside of us. And when I see this and when I read this, that the king commended Queen Vashti to come before the king to show and display her beauty. Because she was beautiful. Now, I didn't see him. You didn't see her. But the Bible says she was beautiful. God is not making junk. How many times we heard that? God makes beauty. And so... God really wanted her, I believe, and that's what he's saying to us today. I put gifts in you, and I want you to show it up. I want to, to show that gift that I put inside of you. Because we need to shine with that gift that God had 
planted in us in the mother's womb with purpose so the kingdom of God can be enlarged in this earth. He wants us to show up to the world. He wants us to show his glory, his presence. Because I believe that the world is just crying out for the presence of God. We, as I mentioned, that we have gifts in us. I don't know if you ever really thought about what kind of gift God put in you. Or do you really respect that gift that God had placed in you? Because we were talking about just before we were uh, opening the church service tonight, the absolute um, agony that Jesus went through the cross. And uh, he died for that gift that he had put in you and in me. He said he, he gave his life so then you and I can show up that beauty that God had put in us. I remember in the, in the same Bible school, we had asked um, people if they knew what was their gift. And um, most of them didn't know it at first what was their gifting. And um, so we said, okay, um, if you um, have all your bills paid, you wouldn't have any financial problems, you would have all of your needs are being met. Uh, you wouldn't have to go to work. What would you like to do in your life for the rest of your life? Because that desire, that gift, that desire that it's inside of your heart, God put it in there. And uh, all of a sudden, you could see like lights were coming on on the students And it's like, okay, okay, now I know. That's what I wish I can do, but I never could do it because I had to go to work and I have to make money and so on. But uh, I remember when God called us to be a missionary. And, uh, well, we knew we liked people. We liked to travel. And uh, we we didn't think that God was going to call us in that direction. But uh, at first... But um, I remember people asking her, how can you take that, that almost every night you sleep in a different bedroom, in a different bed, how can you handle that? Because you travel and you go to places. Well, God graced us, graced us for that gift, what he had called us. I see some of you, I see you, Marie, in that, the computer, it's like, if I would have to be at that computer all, like you do, it's like, ooh, I would be shaken because that's not my call. It's not my call. I know that. But once I know and you know what is your gift, then we can say yes to God. But look what Vashti did in verse 12 in Esther 1.12. Vashti, the queen, refused to go to the king's house and the king's command. In verse 12, it says here, But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. So I remember asking that. Was it a foolish call? Maybe she thought, what does he think that I should go? Was it a selfish call? Was it selfish of her that she didn't want to obey her husband? Was it just plain disobedience? 
Was it pride? Was it independence? Was she just, you know, maybe God says, I want you to do this. And then you say, I can't do that because I'm full of fear. I don't have self-confidence. I can't really do that. Or just plain complacency. And I'm talking about building the kingdom. God gave us gifts. And God wants to use us in these last days. Every one of us. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter if you are male or female. God wants to use. Because in Joel he said. I pour out my spirit on all flesh. I need everybody in these last days. The revival to come in. So we can bring the people into the kingdom of God. So really what God is saying. Show up your beauty. Show up your gift. I paid for that, and you need to use your gift, no matter how old you are. When you think of that, that the blood of Jesus paid for that, how can somebody say, no, God, I'm not going to do it? How could have I said that to God? No, when he called us to the mission field. No, I'm not going. I like America better than Mongolia. He paid for that. He paid the price for that. Am I just complacent? So that's when I remember we learned the scripture very strongly. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because he called us to Mongolia. We began to pray. And um, as we prayed, God had opened doors for us. I began to pray for Nepal Mongolia and China, and God sent us to Mongolia. Now, he didn't tell us how cold it was going to be in there. He didn't tell us how hardship it's going to be. When the sand from the Gobi, Gobi Desert comes in, you can't see. Uh, but I knew that he called, and and we obeyed. God says to you today, you are the light of the world. You are the salt, in Matthew it says. And, um, but Vashti did not obey. He did not, she did not obey the command of the king. But you know what happens when we don't obey the word of God? In that scripture, I saw this in verse uh, 15, that according to the law, King, Queen Vashti did not obey the command. And then goes on to, goes down to the next verses that actually she wronged not only the king with her disobedience, but she affected all the princes and all the people and all the other women also because she was a bad example. She did not obey the command of, the, of her king. Disobedience will spread and affect others also. When I, when I learned through the word of faith teaching that how important it is to speak life and not death out of our tongue, um, it is so important that, that uh, I won't be involved in strife. I won't be involved with negative talk because it's all spreads and it's all killing the actual anointing, the presence of God. So what happened to Vashti? Look at that. Vashti, verse 19, it says, Vashti should not come in where? 
in the presence of the king. Vashti was not um, thrown out of the kingdom, but she could not come in to the presence of the king any longer. And it says, give her royal position to another who is more worthy than she. So she, she was not shut out of the kingdom. But what happens in the presence of the king, Lord? Uh, I really would like to ask you to think about this. We talk about the glory of God to be manifest in these last days. I believe the glory of God is really in the presence of, king, of the king, the presence of God. That's when we receive life-changing revelation in the presence of God. That's where we receive life and hope and faith and a future. We receive healing. We receive restoration in the presence of the king. Tradition, religious uh, mindset, oh yeah, I stay in the kingdom, I'm fine, I'm staying in the kingdom. But then, do I have revelation from God? It only happens in the presence of the king. The Holy Spirit lives in every believer, but does not rest upon every believer. Because it's with his presence. It is available for every believer, but he rests upon those who gives place to him, not for ministry, but for adoration. When you adore God, when I, we were singing the song, magnify you. Lord, I magnify you. I worship you. I don't want to perform for God. I want to adore him. And that's when the presence of God really manifests through us and through you and I. And that is what God is saying in Psalm 1611. It says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Oh, hallelujah. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. We don't have to go by feelings. We know that the word says that if I stay on this path, if I stay on the faith path, then I will have fullness of joy. And uh, another scripture in Psalm 140:13, the upright will dwell in your presence. So what I'm doing, just like Joseph did, give thanks to the Lord, and I just uh, worshiping God. And, you know, we don't talk negative. We speak life, and we are carriers of the presence of God. Joseph had to forgive his brothers. Perhaps you and I need to forgive our brothers. And it says he walked in the presence of God in Genesis 39, because he stayed on the path where God had called him, used his gift, and stayed on the path. One more scripture I read in Psalm 84. It says uh, 4 and 11. How blessed are those who dwell in your house, in your presence. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good things does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, I was reading the other day um, Moses, the story of Moses, when uh, uh, God uh, talked to him and he talked to God. And um, 
God's in Exodus 33, 14, 15, and 16. I just would like to, I already wrote this out here for me, so I just, let me read that. God said to him, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us from here. That's what Moses said. He interceded. If I don't have your presence, God, I can't go on. I really cannot go on. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? That's what God says. I put gifts in you. Use that gift. Shine for me. And then you will be distinguished from other people from the world. And uh, I just am so thankful that even in this scripture it says that when we are in his presence, we receive rest. Rest and peace. Think about it. That uh, your, your home is full of peace because the presence of God is in you. Sometimes we don't even have to preach much. We just have the presence of God in us with peace and hope. And people recognize that. And um, But the question could be, how do we enter in his presence? It's only through personal relationship, only through the blood of Jesus. Now, I saw that in this, when I read this book of Esther, that Vashti, really, the queen, was representing the religion and a tradition, and more likely as a disobedient person. But as to representing freedom in Christ with personal relationship and loving God with all her hearts, just like Joseph, just doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm going to be obedient to God, and I'm going to do what God told me to do. So Vashti disobeyed, and so she could not go in the presence of the king anymore. So what happened, the, the leaders got together in the story of Book of Esther. And in the second chapter, in the second verse, it says that beautiful young virgin besought for the king. Well, beautiful and young and virgin and pure. And, and they were looking for something totally different. Now, I'm talking about these last days revivals also, that we are looking, that this is what's happening, that God is gathering all these people, that they are different vessels, they're different kind, they might not act like you and I, but God is getting them ready because Esther represents this group of people, young, beautiful, and pure and virgin. Now, but look at verse 3. In the book of Esther, the Holy Spirit is really represented here in verse 3, the Haggai. And it's, he is the custodian. Uh, uh, Esther was put in the custody of Haggai, who's represented the Holy Spirit. And let us says, let their things for purification be given to them. And let's please the king. And uh, so they're going to choose somebody else instead of Vashti. 
So they were looking for this beautiful young virgin. And I believe that these people that is happening today, the revival is bringing in is all different kind of people. For order to be able to receive them, we need to go through some changes in us also to be able to hug them and, and receive them. But how does it really happen? Only through the, when I carry the presence of God, you carry the presence of God. When that means the love of God in us, the shadow brought in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, they'll be able to recognize the love of God in us. And that presence of God, and when our heart is yielding to the call of God, in our, in, to God, whatever he calls us to, I believe that God's going to manifest himself through you and through me. But it has to be dying to ourselves and not my own will, but your will be God. That is that crushing. It is just like, almost like God is saying, die to yourself and I want to crush you. I want to crush you. Interesting that, um, um, you know, when they make the oil, um, not the oil, olive oil, how the, uh, the olives are being crushed. And probably the best olive oil we ever tasted was in Israel. And, um, but it turns from bitter to sweet. I believe that's what God is doing in some of our, some of our lives. God is preparing us to be able to receive these people that making us to be crushing us in some areas that is not very comfortable. But God says, I need you for this last revival. I remember the day I was working. We lived in Vancouver, Washington. And, um, uh, one day, uh, I was praying in the spirit and the Lord said, I want you to quit your job, give him two weeks notice and start a daycare. And I said, Oh Lord, I just raised four kids. It's like, you gotta be kidding. We're going to start a daycare. He says, yes, I'm going to show you how to start a church. If you're going to start the daycare, I'm going to start and show you that you minister to children and the children will minister to the parents. And you'll be able to start a church. I went home. I told my husband then. And as sweet as he is, he said, okay, I'll pray about it. And he said, okay, do it. So next day I went uh, back to work. And uh, I gave my two weeks notice. And uh, we prepared our home. And lo and behold, 13, probably the most demon-possessed kids God sent to us. <laughs> These kids were kicked out of all the local daycares and, and the parents were struggling and somehow God sent one by one after the other, these families to us and every one of them were saved. Every one of them found the, the marriage were healed. Every one of them found the church home and um, it took time, but a lot of crushing in me. And a lot of self-dying in me that it's like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this all over again. And uh, after when it was all done and I obeyed God and I've done the call, 
I had opportunity to uh, volunteer at TBN to be a prayer partner. So I went to uh, volunteer at TBN, became a prayer partner, and then through that opportunity, became a prayer director. And, uh, uh, and then after that, became a station manager for TBN in Portland, Oregon. I was not going to school for that. That was not my education. But God saw the obedience of my heart because I believe he needed somebody who were not impressed with big names. I I don't care if you already sung 20 years somewhere here or there or you preached here and there. If God says you're going to be on a program, you will be. If not, I'm sorry. It's just, I just obeyed God. And uh, for many, many years, God used us there. But Dan and I, we went in there nightly and we prayed in the Holy Ghost for years for that city. Because the scripture says, I sent you to that city for purpose, for that salvation of that city. And look where is the big problem today. Unfortunately, it's right there in Portland, Oregon. But what happened to back to Esther, Esther, uh, she had no mother. When they chose her, she had no mother, no father. We know that they were killed. And, um, you know, let me say something, that in these last days, you're going to have people coming in these church, church doors. Spiritually, these people have no mother and no father. They have not been raised in Christian homes. They need, they are orphans, really. They really need you and I to teach them, love on them, and guide them. But if I'm not crushed in a way, if I don't put aside my own desire, I won't even recognize them. I won't even notice them because I'm too busy with myself, with my own calling or my own life. But what I love about this Esther story is that uh, the Holy Spirit represented in this book, Haggai, she, she was so connected with that person. Whatever the Haggai said to her, she did. She totally obeyed. Now, question is to me, when I studied this uh, book, am I obeying everything what the Holy Spirit says to me? Because that's the only thing that really matters in this life. Jesus, we know, that only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father say. So it's a perfect example for me. But back to uh, Esther 2, in verse 9, it says they were looking for the young ladies, and... Um, she pleased uh, Haggai, and Esther found favor also with him, and he quickly provided things for purification, allowed the Holy Spirit, uh, allowed, well, it's not a Holy Spirit, but the Haggai in that book, in that story, and uh, so provided purification. And then also, look what happened. When this Haggai transferred Esther to the, a place, gave her maids and gave her, put her in the best place. That's just so beautiful to see. When you and I, we connect with the Holy Spirit, 
He gives us the best place to prepare, the best place to go and prepare for these last call on our lives before Jesus comes back. One day I was, we were living in, in Vancouver, Washington, and I was going to the prayer meeting. And uh, after prayer meeting, I went home, drove home, and it was raining, just like it was tonight here, raining. And um, uh, the Spirit of God um, not- helped me to notice there was a lady uh, walking on the street carrying two big bags. And the Spirit of God said to me, I want you to pick her up and tell her that this is her last chance to come back and be right with God. Oh, Lord, okay, I'll pick her up, but do I even need to tell her that? Well, I obeyed. Now, why I have to say this because of the story, how important it is. Um, She was an African-American lady. And in, in that particular time in Vancouver, Washington, was probably about maybe 10, 15 families who lived who were African-American. So very few people there. And uh, I said, well, I'll help you, and I take you home. She said, no, don't come to my house. Don't come to my house. You can't come to my house. I said, well, at least let me uh, go. And uh, when I told her that this is what the Spirit of God said, she said, you're absolutely right. I used to know God. But my husband and I, we moved to Chicago. We lived in Chicago, and um, uh, we turned away from God, and we became Buddhist. And uh, you cannot come into my house. I said, oh, come on, I'll help you. And um, so I walked in her house, helped her with the bags, the groceries, and I noticed her husband sitting back there in a wheelchair, and his hand is under... um, and his thigh, and he cannot move. And um, so I just go over, introduce myself to him, and uh, then I walked away, and I left. So I uh, had her phone number, so I said, we'll pick you up, and we'll bring you to church. Well, find out later on, she did become Christian, came back to the Lord. Her husband became a Christian, and... Uh, their daughter became a Christian. But that particular day when I went in there, he took a vow. He was a Black Panther member. He took a vow if the white person walks in the, the uh, house that he would shoot. And he had a gun in his hand, but he was frozen. He couldn't even move. And I'm still here to tell you the story. And uh, I'll tell you, God is a good God. God is an awesome God. When we obey him, we do what he asks us to do, then he's obligated to protect me. That's who my God is. That's the only way we could go into the mission field is to know that that when you obey God, then he will protect you. And, you know, there's one of my favorite scripture. We learned that from Brother Hagin, Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Now, that was a best preparation time, learning from uh, Julia and her husband um, when they were Buddhist, and when they became Christians, we burned all their books at the church, and then we took all their Buddhist stuff back to the Buddhist temple because they, you know, that was the right thing to do. And uh, we didn't know that. 
But at that time is when we began to pray after that, how, where to go on mission. God sent us to Mongolia. And I went into the Buddhist country of Mongolia. God prepared us through this obedience to prepare us to get ready for Mongolia. God always put you in the best preparation place for your next assignment. Now, this is what happened with Esther because uh, they we read this, that they have given her in Esther 2.12, it says they gave her um, uh, beautification, uh, a myrrh for six months with uh, oil of myrrh and six months with spices. Um, you know, when the myrrh, we talked about it, uh, the myrrh is crushed is when the oil comes out from the bitterness to the sweet. How many times I remember crying out to God, God, I am here. We are here. You called us here, but we're lonely. We're lonely because to tell you the truth, when you lay down your life, sometimes you are lonely. You feel like you're all alone. But you must go through that period of time to prepare you for the next step because when you die to yourself, then God can use you in what's coming, the revival, for the people. You'll be able to love the people who really need that love. Now, this was a six months for them, a brokenness, loneliness. It's the separation that they had to go through. But then after that, six months was a beautification. And God is really doing the same thing. He is beautifying you and me through his word, to preparing us to say, okay, now you are crushed, you are broken, you can do anything now, but now you give him the word. And you need to feed the little ones. And so let's not be surprised when the little Esther is going to run around us here, who is just going to say, oh, I don't even know how I got here, but I'm here. I remember when the people were looked at me at the TBN, it's like, how did you get here? Who did, did you know Paul Crouch? Did you, how, how did you get here? Yeah, he interviewed me, but Dr. Crouch interviewed me, but no, God had called me. God had put that, he put the gift in me and he knew my heart. And remember people, God always knows your heart and he always rewards you what's in your heart, what's in you. We can be showing up all kinds of things outside, but what's in our heart? And look at the Esther, they told her, anything she desires, you can take it into the king. And you know what? She didn't take nothing in. The scripture says, Esther 2.15, that she did not desire, she did not request anything except what the Haggai, the Holy Spirit, told her. She did not. And still find favor with God and with people. You know, these last days, I remember one time uh, Gloria Copeland was saying when she was in Europe on uh, the conference that we were, and we talked about how uh, the people uh, want all the new things, like a new stove and a new of this and a new of that. And uh, she said, that's okay, you can have it, but make sure that you're able to take care of it. Because it's going to take so much time of your time to make sure that this is ready, that's ready, that's taken care of, and you actually robbing yourself from time to spending with the word of God. 
make sure when we are ready that we're not going to desire the worldly things continually, but say, Lord, if I'm really serious about these are the last days, then God use me. What I have, I'll give it to you. And I know I will find favor with God and with men. And uh, so Esther was obedient and went into the king, and the, and the king chose her to be the queen. And uh, I need to finish up your fast because uh, because we need to finish up fast. But, but um, Esther did exactly what, and I just want you to know that, that Esther not just uh, had connections with the Holy Spirit, but uh, but the man, Mordecai, Mordecai, who actually raised her, she had absolute respect for. And it's so important that I need to say this, that we, why we still partners and supporting ministries that they, they really, we learned from 40, 50 years ago. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, and all these ministries, that Rick Renner, years, they are, they are the one who taught us. And I need to respect them. I need to continue to bless them. And uh, that's exactly what Esther, I see that connection. Whoever under his care, she respected him. And uh, they had such a wonderful relationship. And And that's when he said to her, do not be silent. When you are here for such a time as this, if God speaks to you, you speak. You obey. Do as the Holy Spirit says. And then you will deliver your na- uh, the people of, of your people. And uh, I just want to finish up here to look into your heart, really, and in my heart. I need to look into my heart, which I did as I was preparing this, that when uh, Esther was a little nobody, and people were surprised that they God chose her. And there was like, okay, who is this little virgin, pure, wonderful person coming up here? And uh, everybody was telling her what to do. But I love this story. When she found herself and she knew that she needed help, she asked all her friends and all her mates, come and fast with me. And pray with me. I am going to go into the king. I am going to do what God has asked me to do. I will save my people. And I will do the unthinkable to go before the king before he actually invites me. But it was through her obedience that she could actually save her own people. And uh, now when Mordecai realized, you know, that, hey, now she is the, the queen now, Esther gives command to Mordecai. Look at that, Esther 4, 17. So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded him. Esther gives command now. Look at this unity, relationship, the submission between the two of them. Such a respect in these last days we needed so much. All who I learned from, and who am I teaching now? It has to be the relationship and respect for one another. And so why do I need to obey? Is to go into the presence of the king. 
And that's where we get our direction for the next phase of our life. And um, the Holy Spirit tells me what to do. I will yield to him. I will obey him. And um, then deliverance comes and obedience comes. And so God gets all the glory and people come into the kingdom and we're all going to go home to be with Jesus. Amen. So I hope we learn more something about Esther tonight and the relationship, how important it is with the Holy Spirit and obedience to the call of God upon our life. So, Father, I just ask you in Jesus' name that you seal this message into our hearts. I know it's the, the not very comfortable word to say obedience, but, Lord, that's what you need. You need us to obey you to the call that you have called us to do so the kingdom of God will be enlarged and people will be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered and set free. In Jesus' name, amen.